0: This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert.
1: Hey, have you ever bought an insurance policy? And, and the agent sits down with you and, and he explains all the details of the policy and 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 how much you're going to pay for the policy and and then he gets back in the maybe to the back page somewhere and he begins to go over some of the details in that particular policy and you see in bold print grace period and you point to it and said, Well what does that mean? Grace period said, so what's a grace period got to do with an insurance policy? Oh, he said, now that means that, that if you don't pay the premium at the right time, you're given so many days of grace in order to keep the policy from lapsing. We don't want you to lose it. We realize you may just forget to pay it, You have a grace period. Well, you really don't deserve that, do you? But it's a matter of their grace with you. You know, God believes in grace. And He told the Apostle Paul, My grace is sufficient for you. We want to continue to talk about that today.
0: To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214.
1: In 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, in verse 9, this is something that God said to the Apostle Paul, My grace is sufficient for thee. Now, if you look at the background of that statement, you'll see that Paul had a thorn. Thorn in the flesh, something very painful to Paul. And three times he prayed for its removal. But God's answer was, Paul, my grace is sufficient. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. You know the grace of God is sufficient. Ephesians 2 and verse 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, What do we mean when we think of grace? Well, grace is defined as the unmerited favor of God. It's defined as God doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. It is defined as God giving us what we need rather than what we deserve. Almost 2,000 years ago, God sent Jesus into this world on a mission. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9, Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that ye through His poverty might be rich. Jesus Christ was with God in heaven. On an equality with God, according to Philippians 2, 5 and following, and yet He divested Himself of all of the glories of heaven, He came down into this world of sin and suffering and sorrow on a mission. And His mission was for me and you. His mission was for the whole world. And that was to save us from our sins. God did not do that because we did something to cause God to do it. That is, that God owed it to us. There's not enough good things that we could ever do to cause God to owe us salvation. If He did, it would not be a matter of grace. But God sent Jesus into this world to save sinners. He sent Him into the world to save fathers and mothers and sons and daughters. God sent him in the world to save you. Now, God's grace is sufficient. Let me tell you a story from the Old Testament about God's grace. He goes all the way back to the days of Noah. And during the days of Noah, the world became so wicked and so sinful that God said, the end of all flesh has come up before me. Uh, But God saw Noah. And we're told in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 8 that Noah found grace in the eyes of God. And God instructed Noah to build an ark. God told Noah to build that ark out of a specific wood. God gave Noah the the specific dimensions of that ark. And what a monstrous ship that must have been. A few months ago, I took my grandchildren to see the ark, the replica of the ark in Kentucky. And we were just in awe of the monstrous size of that replica. And and but Noah built that ark. And Noah and his family, his wife, his three sons, and their wives, were saved in that ark. Noah was saved from that flood by God's grace. Now, friends, God, Noah did not save himself. For, for Noah to have saved himself, several things would have had to have obtained. Number one, if Noah had saved himself, wouldn't he have had to know the flood was coming? But he didn't know that until God told him. For Noah to have saved himself, would he not have known to build an ark, But he did not know to build an ark until God told him. And for Noah to have saved himself, would he not known how to build that ark. But he did not know how to build the ark. He didn't know the wood to use. He didn't know the dimensions of the ark, how many doors to put in the ark. There was just only one. He didn't know that, however, until God told him. He was saved by God's grace. But he was saved by God's grace through faith in God. Listen to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 7. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the Savior's house, by the which he became the heir of the righteousness which is by faith. We really do no injustice to Scripture to suggest to you that Noah was saved by grace through faith. He was saved because God favored him. Noah didn't earn it. But he was saved because he believed God, what God said, saved by grace through faith. But Noah was saved by grace through faith when he did what God told him to do. Now, there were people in Noah's day that, did not do what God said, but Noah did. Genesis 6, 22 says, Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him. When he did exactly what God said, Noah and his family entered that ark and they were saved from the universal flood in his day. Saved by grace through faith. But, but Noah was saved by grace through faith when he entered in that door into the ark. Now, no doubt after that door was shut by God, there could have been people on the outside who could see the impending doom and they were beating on the door wanting to get in. But Noah and his family were in the ark and the door was closed. God offered an invitation. He said, come into the ark. And they went in. They took the animals into the ark as God had specified. And hence Noah and his family were saved in that ark. And they were saved in that ark when the flood came. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 20 says, When once the longsuffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Noah and his family were saved inside that ark. Now, how are we saved Today. It is the case from the standpoint of Scripture, we're saved by God's grace. Paul said, by the grace of God I am what I am. Paul was an apostle, but he was a saved man. And if any of us utter that statement, by the grace of God I am what I am, it will be because we're saved by God's grace. But Paul appropriated that grace through his obedience to God. And and so we're saved by grace, but we're saved through faith. We have to believe God. First of all, we have to believe that God exists even. In Hebrews 11 and 6, the Scripture says, Without faith, without faith, without faith, it is impossible to please Him. It is impossible to please God without faith. For he that cometh to Him must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of all of them that diligently seek Him. Noah believed God. We must believe in God. We must have faith. But, but Noah was saved by grace through his faith. We are saved by grace of God through our faith in God, through our faith in Jesus. Jesus said, Unless you believe that I am He, you'll die in your sins. In John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, there, there John wrote these words, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of His disciples which are not written in this book, but these are written. Why are they written? That you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through His name. You see, we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus. We are saved by grace through faith in Jesus when we enter through that door into Christ. In John chapter 10 and verse 9, Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and shall find pasture. See, Jesus is the door. He's the, and the door is open today. I'm speaking to some soul right now who's floundering in their life wondering what am i going to do i i don't have any hope my life is so meaningless have you ever thought about jesus he is our hope our only hope there is one hope and that one hope is in the lord jesus christ and if you'd enter in through that door you'll be saved someone says what must i do to enter in that door well just do like noah did you're going to be able to enter that door And God can save you by His grace. It's not because you earned it. It's not because you deserve it. But out of love, God sent Jesus to save just you. Just you. God loved you so much that if you were the only person who had ever lived on the face of this earth, He had sent Jesus to save you. And as a believer in Jesus, you have to be willing to put the life of sin behind you. That's what repentance is all about. And when you confess your faith in Jesus Christ, the Bible teaches, not Brother Lambert, not the church, Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. I'd urge you to do that. You can be saved by the grace of God. Titus 2 and 11 says, The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. I think that has reference to Jesus coming into the world as the gift of God's grace to save all humanity. Oh, how marvelous and how amazing God's grace really is saved by grace you see god's grace is sufficient to save us from our sins i might also mention that the grace of god is sufficient to pick us up and to forgive us when we as his children stumble and fall someone says you mean a christian can stumble and fall well Let's just see what does the Bible teach. First Corinthians chapter ten and verse twelve says, "Let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall." Every time I read that verse, I think about a Sunday morning in Mobile, Alabama, and I was had already preached where I uh, that Sunday morning and where I was uh, a local preacher, and and I was going across town to fill in for another preacher, a fellow friend of mine who happened to be out of town, and and so I preached that morning, and if I must say so, I thought he did a pretty good job that morning, but God has a way of getting you down on the earth, and so they were standing, and they were singing a song, encouraging people to give their lives to the Lord, an invitation song, and I suppose that I thought that the steps on that podium were similar to the steps where I had just finished speaking on the other side of town, but they weren't. And I missed the top step. Can can I tell you this, that when you miss the top step, you don't have to worry about step number two. You're not going to get it either. And I just tumbled down those steps, and I fell out in the floor uh, flat on my back, And I never wanted to crawl out of a building on my hands and knees any more than I did that day. And I could tell the people were wanting to burst out laughing. But they were standing and they were saying for people to come to Jesus that morning. And I had to get up out of the floor. And when they stopped singing, this is what I said. I have advice for the next man that gets in that pulpit. And it's biblical advice, let him that thinketh he he standeth take heed, lest he fall. You can fall. Why give a warning about something you, you cannot do? But you can stand. This is a true grace of God wherein you stand, 1 Peter 5 and verse 12. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made you free, Galatians 5, verse 1. So we can stand in God's grace, but you can fall from it. Galatians 5 and 4, whosoever you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. But you can stand in His grace. It could be that as a child of God, you've drifted in some way. Uh, sometimes people drift because of terrible circumstances that arise in their lives and and the first thing they want to give up is the lord i 've never been able to understand that why they would have, when trouble comes knocking on their door, they want to turn their back on the very one that 's able to help them or maybe you've had some problems at home that have discouraged you. Maybe some of your children are, are, are causing you heartache, heartache and, and you don't know what to do. Or maybe you're having financial difficulties. And it's caused you to drift away from the Lord. He's saying today, my child, my child, come home. And if you've drifted away, I may be speaking to someone right now that's a member of the Church of Christ who at one time was faithful, but you've drifted away. Let me encourage you to do this. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and He's just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God's grace, friends, is sufficient. But then in closing today, let's mention this. God's grace is sufficient when I hurt Paul was hurting. Paul had a thorn. And Paul asked God, please God, remove the thorn. But God's answer was, Paul, my grace is sufficient. People, we live in a hurting world. The whole world is hurting. So many people today feel hopeless. They feel so hopeless because they see the climate of our whole world today. There's war, disease, uncontrolled violence, terrorism spreading across the planet. There's hunger. Oh, how it breaks my heart. To know that they're little children that will go to bed tonight with, with their bellies gnawing because of hunger. There's so much hurt in this world. So much hurt. And when I think about the hurt of the world, I'm reminded that we are God's eyes, we're God's ears, we're God's mouth, we're God's hands. And we're God's feet to help humanity with all of the hurts they have. But I, you say, well, Brother Lambert, I, I, nobody knows what's going on in my life. They might would help me, but they don't know what's going on in my life. Let me tell you who does know. And God knows. And He's saying to you, if you're suffering right now, silently suffering, my grace, my grace is sufficient for you. One of my favorite verses is this, Psalms 46 and 1. The Lord is my refuge and my strength of their present help in time of trouble. Some of you may live alone. Some of you may have lost a companion. So some of you may be dealing with things in your life that are known only to you and to God. And nobody, no one else knows how you feel. But God knows how you feel. And there's no one who will do any more about it for you than God. You see, we have to get to the point in our lives that we stop thinking that I've got to do it for myself. That we can lift ourselves up by our own bootstraps. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 are very meaningful passages. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. Why don't you lean on Him? He will never, ever disappoint you. But may I mention this also, that God's grace is sufficient in the ultimate crisis in life, and that's our our own demise. It was David who said in the great 23rd Psalm, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why not? Thou art with me. All said, For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. He said in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, not to me only, but unto all of them that love is appearing. God's grace. God's grace will see you through. One man said, I have no fear of death, but oh, the crossing, the crossing. But will not cross it alone if you're God's child. May I urge you today to give your life to Christ, please. Right now, let me give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And also, right now, please pick up the telephone call for the free Bible correspondence course. Or, if you prefer, you can take it online. But please, whatever you do, avail yourself of the opportunity of getting to know your Bible. We want to thank you for watching the telecast today. We love you. And we pray that God's blessings will abide upon you And until we meet again, may the Lord keep you, is my prayer.
0: We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214.